Good morning. This is Bahia from On the Purple Couch. I am very excited to be sitting in the very beautiful and dynamic studio of the artist that I'm going to be interviewing today and introduce to you. I am in her studio, which is owned by Kathy Hirsch. She's an artist and one of the dynamic artists that is situated here at Artists and Makers in Rockville. We are going to have a really good conversation and talk about her work. She has a beautiful smile. We're going to talk about her work, her practice, the idea of working in a space that is near in proximity to other artists, why that may or may not be good or, or, or advantageous. She's going to give us her perspective and um, about what she has going on. Welcome, Kathy. Okay, thank you, Bahia. It is really good to be in your space. My studio is next to uh, Kathy's. Um, of course, you guys know, if you haven't been at Artists and Makers, my studio is kind of open. It's an interesting format. And Kathy's is closed, and it's a very nice space. How would you describe your space, <laughs> Kathy? Well, um, I call it a, uh, a gallery, classroom, and a work studio because I do all three. I use it to display my finished pieces. They're on the wall, and I change the what's displayed periodically. I do teach here and I arrange all things to make it, it's a very good teaching space. And I work. And uh, one of the things that I like about having so many tables here that I have for the teachers is teaching is that I can just spread out when I work. And I don't have to worry about um, being in a uh, small space, you know, which is what I had at home. I didn't have a large space at home. And I wanted a larger place. And, and then once I had set up, I had originally shared a studio uh, over at Wilkins. And as people came in on the uh, open, the Friday open evenings mm -hmm. and on the open studio weekends, more and more people kept asking me if I taught. And that's really how I got into teaching, because originally I was just doing my own thing and exploring my journey as an artist, you know, and... At this point, I, I started in watercolor, but I work in all sorts of media. Wonderful. And, uh, and that sort of evolved over time as I wanted to explore new options, do different things. Uh, so in, the, in my studio, number 41, there's pieces that are in watercolor, uh, okay. in acrylic, oil, mixed media, gouache. Kathy, while we're there, help to describe where we're sitting. For me, the lighting is amazing. We have one, two, three walls, and then the fourth wall has lots of nice light from the hallway coming in. We're like a gallery. I feel like I'm in a gallery, but then I look at another space, I see all these brushes, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, there's work happening here. I'm excited about that. Then I see tables, I see pillows. Describe for um, the podcast um, audience, what are we looking at? Where are we sitting? I, I guess in the midst of images that I've done, um, you know, at different points in time. I mean, you know, I do abstracts, and so those are coming from my imagination. I do plein air work, and both in oil and in, um, in gouache, and that's from being out someplace, either internationally or local, and painting on site. Yes. Um, the, uh, and then I do still life, so you'll see a lot of florals or watercolors, uh, you know, beets, uh, you know, different still life things. Mm -hmm. And then and then the mixed media pretty much comes from my imagination as well because there you're just playing around with materials and mm -hmm. seeing what, what can happen and, um, and how a piece evolves. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, 
you know, it's magic when a piece is working yes. and when you're working on it and you lose track of time and things just go well. And, you know, and then, of course, there are lots of times when things don't do right. go well. Right. And, you, and you get totally frustrated. You say, had this image and then, oh, gosh, this is so ugly, you know, and, right. and all of that. And then you just try and take a breath, step back, and then come back right. again and, uh, and work on it. I, you know, I've had some ideas that I worked on, didn't work. Gotcha. Did it again, worked on, didn't work. Yes. And so, and then eventually uh, you get a nice piece out of it. Right. And right. then people come in and say, oh, I love that piece. And that's right. sort of all part of the reward. That's what's nice about being in this space here because, you know, if I were home, well, my husband would give me appreciative comments and all mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. and stuff. But here we have other artists. We have the visitors. People come in. They give you comments mm -hmm. and you know, not all of them are raised some of them say well I don't know about that one or something right, like right. that we'll get but, into that a little but, bit more but, but you get comments yes. on it you get um, you get ideas um, yes. and then of course you share a lot of yes. uh, info with people yeah and all let me stop you a little bit I want to get into back to the environment oh the okay space. I want to okay. talk about the environment the lighting your back walls are all white mm -hmm. the tables right. are black right 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 um, the floors are also white. Did you have um, a, a say in the spacing layout? And I want to stick to design and layout where we're sitting. Oh, okay, sure. Well, originally, uh, Judith had planned for this space to be two studios. I was looking for a big studio where I could both display a lot of work as mm -hmm. well as teach a good number of students. And when I saw this space, there were lines on a carpet. Okay. That's all that was here. And, uh, and so I told uh, Judith, just make it into one studio, put the door in the middle, and windows on both sides. Okay. And, you know, that's before we had the concept of all the studios having a window. At mm -hmm. that point, nothing had been decided. Um, and and what, wh why did you need those particular windows and so forth? I just what, what wanted, uh, I, I wanted people to be able to look in Okay. Okay. when I wasn't here. Okay. Um, I wanted to have as much um, visibility and light coming in. I didn't want to be in a cocoon or a cave. Uh, Important. And, light. Uh, right, Energy. Exact, exactly. Okay. And even though I don't, you know, my other studio had outside windows. And even though I don't have any outside windows, you do not feel like you are away from the outside. That is correct. There is plenty of light coming in from the windows up by the front. And it really kind of floods the whole thing. And then Judith has this great lighting in the space mm -hmm. that, it, that it all works. Yeah. I've done nothing uh, in here uh, in terms of lighting. This was, was all that was here. Mm -hmm. uh, the walls were painted whatever Judith painted, which was the same white as mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. um, the floor is the floor. I mean, she put in a new floor. Mm -hmm. And then um, I just chose black for the tablecloth because I figured it would you know, not show up quite as much as, okay. as, as a white would. Right. Right. And stuff. So, so, you know, and then I got the black chairs for the same reason and stuff. So I didn't start out with any uh, great design points. I just, uh, you know, wanted a space for gotcha. showing my work. And my work is pretty colorful. And so that, that says that you probably want the background walls and everything else to be fairly neutral. Yes, and to recede. And that's one thing I love about this space is that the walls recede, that is, they step back, and the art actually greets you as you walk in the door. You have the beautiful still life. You have a lot of the oils, which almost I'm, I'm looking at this beautiful painting, this blue and, and uh, red. Uh-huh. And uh, are these poppies? Um, 
They could be. They could be, yeah. They, that's but they're one very of the much ones, alive. Right. That's one of the ones that I, I, uh, I you know, I had floral, floral flowers in mine, but I just painted it. Gotcha. Uh, one day. Um, Okay. And uh, and had a lot of energy and and uh, it pretty much got done in uh, a couple of sessions and then I went back and tuned it. Beautiful, uh, Kathy. Let's talk about your training. Let's talk about about what it is. How did you get to this space? How did you get to be? You've been an artist for over twenty plus years. I would imagine. Mm, well, two thousand and three. Two thousand and three. Tell us about your educational background, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then if that differs from your artistic background. Mm -hmm. Let's get a picture of you, sort of from your training point of view. Okay. Well, um, my um, academic background, I have an undergrad degree in liberal arts. I have a master's in uh, mathematics. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and originally I was planning on uh, getting a doctorate in mathematics, um, but, but uh, stopped short after I had a year beyond my master's. I just simply got tired of it. Okay. And um, and then when I chose to leave graduate school, then that w that was at the time when um, computer people were hiring, and they were looking to math majors and people who could think logically, and so that's how I ended up in the computer field. So I worked in the in computers, uh, not not as a programmer. That was really almost too detailed for me. Okay. Uh, was not very good at the details, mm -hmm. but I did a lot of database design and using my abstract thinking skills. I mean, I did a lot of design work, architectural work, mm -hmm. um, worked with uh, private and, and uh, public sector clients. I ran a uh, consulting practice for, uh, for oh, I don't know, uh, probably for 20 plus years. In uh, our area, in the D.C. area? Yeah, in the D.C. Oh, area. Oh. Uh, and, um, and, and so, that's what I did, and I worked with a lot of different organizations. I had people who had worked for me for 16 years. Uh, I worked for this particular company for, what, 26 years, something like that. Wonderful. And, and stuff. So I was very well established in that venue, and, uh, and, but the company was going through some changes, and so they brought in new management, and they decided to take the, the company in a different direction. And as a result, my uh, consulting practice was sort of reorganized out of existence. Um, my people were moved elsewhere. I mean, I was given a place uh, within the company, but eventually that, that went away as well. So I was kind of reorganized out, and it was, this was pretty early mm -hmm. in my mid-50s. And so I could have gone for, uh, to another similar position, and in fact, I had companies calling me. But as I thought about it, I'd kind of been there, done that. And, you know, when you're doing a job like that, when you're managing people, you're producing uh, products and deliverables for clients, they have deadlines, it's a tough job. Mm -hmm. It's a tough job. You work a lot of hours. And uh, you have to have that, uh, that feeling in your, in your heart that that's what you want to do. And I had that for as long as I was there. There was uh, stuff. But when, but when my, my unit went away that I'd established and I had built, uh, with the help of a lot of really excellent people working for me, then um, then I, I I said okay, well let's step back. Right. And uh, so then I so then I looked for so you can't just sort of sit on the sofa here. You're in your your mid fifties. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? And uh, so I thought, well, let's take a couple of classes. Never had really any time to do that. So okay. so uh, I thought, well, I took a, a quilting class. Um, I took a watercolor class. I took a piano class mm -hmm. because we have a, 
a piano that my kids that we have for my kids mm -hmm. that wasn't being used. So I did different things. I became a master gardener, um, and so just sort of looking around, mm -hmm. and uh, and I enjoyed the uh, the uh, watercolor class, and that eventually turned into continuing with the watercolor, but also doing drawing, because I really had had no artistic training up that's, to this that's, point. I, that's, I was just going to interrupt you to be like, wait a minute. So after the liberal arts, math, working, and high structure, right. right? then you get into this period of your life that you reassess, and then you say, let me take a few classes, and then this life, another right. life sort of lifts up. Well, I had always had interest in art. I mean, we were always, you know, I mean, we, we own art. My husband and I own art. We always are at the museums mm -hmm. and galleries and all of that. And I think over time, you know, that certainly has an effect on your eye and your ability yes. to appreciate. So in a yes. way, you're kind of training your eye with it. And what I tell my students is learning to paint is really training your eye to see. That's really what it is. I love that. And, you know, and when you, when you see so much more, you know, once you, once your eyes are more educated. And so I, I and I was doing that kind of unconsciously mm -hmm. through all of my mm -hmm. visits. So, you know, all these museums and things and, uh, and stuff. So anyway, so I started liking it and, um, and enjoying it and building my skills. And, uh, and, you know, in the meantime, I had the gardening. Uh, I, I had Another done strong artistic um, expression, gardening. Yeah. I love gardening. Yeah, exactly. It mm -hmm. really fits in, you mm -hmm. know. And, in fact, I just uh, gave a talk not too long ago on using um, artistic concepts, design principles for garden design. Beautiful. I, I did that at the 209 uh, on one of our third uh, Saturday presentations. And I've given that same talk in one form or another to garden clubs. Oh. It goes over quite well. Uh, because there's a lot of truth to it, of course it is, and stuff, and uh, and stuff. So, but you don't really know that until you're you have some of this artistic training and principles behind you. And then I found myself applying some of these things that I learned about focal points and framing and and all of this into my garden. Yes, not that it's a show place, but mm -mm. you know it's probably a little bit better than it used to be. Mm -hmm, <laughs> anyway, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know we have a deer population problem oh, in gosh. my neighborhood. We so, do too. so <laughs> anyway, that so that that sort of ends a lot of that. Um, but anyway, I was taking a an acrylic painting class with uh, with a, a lady uh, in a class, and uh, she said, "Well, you know, we're not going to have a class next week because I'm doing a painting trip to Sicily." Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, this is something that I could see myself really enjoying to do because I'd enjoyed all these art classes. And, um, and the trip so, to Sicily, to you were Sicily. talking about. Okay, so, perfect. so here is something that I could combine my love for travel, my yes. interest in travel, and my, the art, and all of that. And so at that point, then I decided, okay, well, let's see if I can really make a serious go at this. Mm -hmm. And one of the great things about the Washington area is that we are so blessed with so many great uh, opportunities to learn art, you know. And so I looked around at all the instructors that were teaching and selected some for areas and topics that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And there for a while, probably for about two years, I was taking an art class probably four or five days a week. Okay. You know, abstract art, plein air painting, still life painting, you know, and all, you know, all different medias and all of this stuff. Because, you know, without an art degree, you know, I, you know, it was good to, in order to well, build yes. up my skills. Absolutely. And, and stuff. If you're going to make a, a serious go, 
at, at something, well, then you need to build up your skills and your knowledge base. I mean, there's only so much that intuition and native talent will take you. Sure. I, one of the things that... I I've, love that. I love that statement. There is, you know, I come from a family yeah. that is highly educated, and before you begin anything, they're like, oh, what are your credentials? Right, right, and right. And you have to have that yeah. in anything and in sure, any field. Sure, absolutely. And, uh, and so, you have to, uh, you, so you have to build that base. Yes. You have to build that base. And, uh, and so that's what I went about doing. And, and all along during this period, I was uh, showing my work because I wanted to get people's reaction to it. So as soon as okay. I found places that I could uh, display my work, I did that. And lo and behold, my stuff started selling. Kathy, let's slow down a second. Yeah. So we already established that you didn't have this background, at least contextually, right? Right, right. You had it abstractly. No formal degree. No formal degree, but I had you, an art you had history. an appreciation. You had right. an appreciation. I, and I had an art history class in right. college. Right, So we've already established that. Then you take the classes, and then you start painting, and then you start selling. What was the transition like between the classes and the producing of the art. Did it come easy to you? Is that what we're saying? Well, not all of the, certainly not all of the pieces came easy, mm -hmm. okay? I mm -hmm. mean, but the skills. I, I, had, I had to learn how to draw better than I could, yes. you know, because I, you know, uh, talk about stick figures. That mm -hmm. was my drawing skills. And, I'm, and I still wouldn't put myself up there. Mm -hmm. And I, re, you know, and, and I retake drawing classes periodically to keep my hand in. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I like about painting, at least my style of painting, is that I'm not, tr I'm, I don't do really exact things. I'm trying to get the sense of the place or the sense of something. Yes. I'm not doing a botanical drawing of a flower. I'm mm -hmm. trying to convey a feeling for what mm -hmm. I felt at that moment in time Almost in a your location. Eyes, what you were looking at. Uh, right. And and yeah. stuff. So so things don't have to be exact. I just need to be able to capture it enough so that if it is a pl picture of a place, that people can tell what it is. Mm -hmm. And then I go from there with the color. So I actually take a fair amount of artistic license, uh, even if I'm painting on site or if I'm painting from photos, like I combine photos or something, just in order to make the piece work. Um, and, and I do that even on site or not. Uh, but but you still want a sense of place. Like I see see you're looking at this mm -hmm. one. That's a gouache. That's the mm -hmm. the I was sitting on the steps of the cathedral uh, in the town of Montepulciano in uh, Tuscany, and that's gouache. And um, the one I'm appreciating the most is the Venice Street. Oh, scene. Uh -huh, the Venice Street scene. I, yes. I'm gonna have that's I'm oil. gonna take a few pictures and show you all what we're looking at because this is gorgeous. And I I as you say. I feel the water. I feel right. the waves of the water, the movement of the water, mm -hmm. as represented in the colors as you go through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, so that's they're what not you exact. Want. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Right. Well, I mean, if people have been to Venice, you know that you don't yes. necessarily have the water looking that color. Of course. <laughs> you know. Of course. And uh, and so, but you certainly have uh, waves of light. You have waves of dark. And, uh, and the fact that I made some of the darks blues and some of the lighters more orangey and mm -hmm, yellow, mm -hmm, you know, I think that mm -hmm. sort of captures mm -hmm. uh, my sense of what that was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I see the colors as representing the movement of the Right, water. exactly. And that's yeah. the intent. Yeah. yeah. So you've taken the classes and now you've started to show your work because you want feedback. Right. And you want to see, okay, where am I going with this? What right, is this? Right, exactly. You're always trying to evaluate right. where you're going. And, and then people start to appreciate the right, art, and right. they start to buy it. Right, right. And so what are you thinking at this point? 
You're like, how did I get here from math? Oh, well, I'm just having a good time. Okay. And, and, and that is what I think is the name of the game. And that's true on anything. I, I mean, in it. my previous career, I was having a good, good time. time. What, was, it, was it stressful at times? Of course. But uh -huh. that's how you grow. That's how you get things done. If you're not, um, well, you, you know, don't have to be on the edge of uh, anxiety all the time. Uh -huh. but, but you do learn from adversity. You do learn from putting challenges in your, your uh -huh. space and all uh -huh. of that. Uh, but my, my key is that you always you need to have a good time. And, and, and that is especially true on the art. I find that if I'm in a location or somewhere uh, and I'm forcing it to come, it never works. Okay. It never works. It's either, you know, just as I said, you know, I had some vision for, uh, for some pieces and maybe I try them two or three times and it's still not working. And then I come in. I said, well, let's try that idea again. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it works. It comes together. And, and stuff. And so, now, those previous times were probably good right. preparation right. and stuff. Right. But you never quite know. I, at least I don't ever quite know. So let's go back. You start to sell. What happens at that point? Well, I just keep building my skills. And, you know, and in this, you know, the arts, again, there are a lot of opportunities to learn here. There's a lot of opportunities to network here. Mm -hmm. And so you, you join a few artistic associations, you do some shows, you start making friends, you, you start you know combining efforts and doing different things. And somebody says, well, I'm gonna take this class. I say, oh, that sounds good, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. That's how I got into the mixed media. People mm -hmm. told me, oh, do this, uh, this instructor, she's absolutely fabulous. I, you know, I did the class, I had a good time. And, uh, and, you know, so it's, it's a new outlet for me that, that, I, that I enjoy doing. Yes, yes. Uh, so, um, so that's how you sort of piggyback on one another, and that's the value mm -hmm. of being in an artistic community mm -hmm. uh, where you can piggyback on one another right. and we share ideas and, and this or that. Um, you know, sometimes we hook up to work together, sometimes not. Everybody is so busy. Yeah, and, especially uh, in our area. We, we definitely have a different life. Yeah. So, uh, so sometimes it doesn't always work with getting together, but you were always here. And then, you know, when I'm here, you know, I'm sort of at a pretty visible spot. People walk by, say, hi, yes. hi, hi, and all of that stuff. And then when I'm going, wandering around, I say hi back. And so right. it's all part of a community and building. And Kathy, when you started your, your, I will say, formal practice, right, when you started to take your, in quotes, show on the road, i.e., establish yourself as a formal artist, mm -hmm. studio, and so forth. Right. I should tell the audience listening, Kathy is an amazing businesswoman. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> she has several enterprises, all in this area, um, the area of art. So tell us about what happens here at the studio. You have a gallery, a, another gallery, 209 right, gallery. Right, right. Tell us about that. And okay. then you also have a workshop space. Tell us about, I'm, I always want to share with people sort of, yes, people are creative. People have different facets of themselves. And then through this experience, they bring and tie in those previous lives together. Sure. And clearly, you brought this consulting background to right, your artwork. Right, right. So tell us about your enterprises. Sure. That's this gallery sure. and Studio 209. Well, one of the things that I've been struck uh, by when is with my introduction to the artistic community, I mean, I came from a very organized framework in my career. You know, you've got quarterly targets, you've got deliverables, you have projects, you have, a, you know, in addition, in addition the technology on top mm -hmm. of that. Um, 
And the art is a more fluid environment usually for a lot of artists. And so one of the things that I noticed as I got involved with some of the art organizations and, uh, and different uh, things that they were trying to do was that they weren't not always terribly organized. And this was an area that I could contribute my skills. Okay. It was something that <clears throat> I, you know, if I were to operate as a treasurer for somebody, <clears throat> help put on a show, uh, I was uh, president of the Montgomery Art Association for three years, and, and we, we got its uh, website up, up, and all of that. So, so we were able to accomplish a lot. And during that time, we established a gallery at the, uh, at the Wheaton Mall. Yes, and, I visited several times yeah, there. And stuff. And so that came about because oh. at the time, Wheaton Mall was struggling. It didn't mm -hmm. have Costco there. They had a lot of openings. Mm -hmm. And the marketing... Um, a guy there uh, approached me about the MAA putting on a holiday show. And I said, sure, sure. And then, you know, I looked around at all of the empty spaces and I said, you know, what if we had a standing space mm -hmm. that MAA would provide a storefront gallery and, and we would operate that? It's better than it being empty. So right. it took a while for that to, to get established and we had to go in. We it, The space it was... Uh, kind of a mess when we took it over, but we cleaned it up. And, uh, and, and that gallery in different locations across the mall, because we were moved around, uh, but we operated for six years. Was it that long? It was six years. Oh, uh, and so I, I ran that the whole time. Oh. And we had anywhere from you know 50 or 60 artists participating in there every month. We sh changed the show every month. Mm -hmm. And we did that. So that's really how I got into the gallery business. Okay. Oh. Then in uh, 2016, um, Wheaton was healthy enough. They didn't really need us anymore. They, you know, so they could rent at the space uh, at a higher price than we were paying, mm -hmm. which was their, their right and mm -hmm. their, their obligation to their shareholders. Uh, so we closed the gallery. Mm -hmm. But coming from um, that experience, I was cognizant that there were... Uh, you know, there are some opportunities around in this area, but not nearly enough for artists to show their work, especially mm -hmm. emerging artists. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, uh, this is a, a, a need that I think the area could, could use some more help with. Mm -hmm. And that's really how the idea for Gallery 209 came about. Um, at the time, the Wilkins location was changing management, and there were some openings there. And I approached Judith with the idea of uh, establishing a gallery. It would just be small because the space was small. Mm -hmm. And we and we set up uh, a, a space for 12 artists. And uh, I mainly made it more experimental and um, abstract okay. because I thought there was not a lot of opportunities for those kind of venues for okay. artists. And that was sort of the, the building of the original 209. And... Um, and then when the space on the third floor opened up, the much larger space mm -hmm. where Gallery 209 is now, mm -hmm. I talked to my partners. I mean, it's run as a co-op. I really, I, yeah, I manage it. But, mm -hmm. but I, it's not really a business in the sense that I'm making any money off mm -hmm. of it. Uh, uh, so we just, we just collect enough money and fees just to run it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so anyway, we were, so we decided to move upstairs, and that obviously turned into a much bigger venture and so we've we've increased from 12 people to 22 I think at mm -hmm. this point uh, it gave us more space so we could expand into sculpture mm -hmm. and, and all of that 
And, uh, and basically it's giving the artists who were participating in that an opportunity to show their work on an ongoing basis. I mean, we, uh, every month the artists put up something new in their space. They have their own space and, and that rotates around the gallery to be fair mm -hmm. to, to everyone. And they decide what they're going to put in their space and, right. and all of that. Uh, so it, it really grew out of, of making a, an opportunity for people to show their work. Uh, you know, I have this space to show mm -hmm. my work, but that's but unless somebody can yeah. can manage to have their own gallery and their own studio, then they don't have that opportunity. And so that's so I approach people that I like their work. I thought it deserved a wider audience, mm -hmm. and so I asked them if they wanted to participate. And that's really how we got started. Started with that. I got into the classroom because the person who was me Now the classroom is behind. Is behind. So gallery I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pause you okay. for a second just to give some layout. So um, Artists and Makers has two locations in Rockville. The first one is where we are sitting right now. That's on Park Lawn. And the second location is on Wilkins Avenue, about uh, half a mile up the street from where we are. And in that location, on the Wilkins Avenue, that's where Kathy's studio is at the top floor. Yeah, the 209, um, Gallery the 209. 209. Yeah, Gallery 209 is at the top floor, a very big space. And now we're getting to talk about there's another large classroom space. Um, behind that. Behind that very large space. Very large. It's so a, talk to us about that. And I imagine that's available for people Absolutely to available talk about for that rent, a little bit. Uh, and, and I've been told the, the rates are very competitive. Uh, in, in the sense that it's not expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, a, it's at least 1,100 square feet. I have tables, I have chairs, I have easels, I've got what nobody else has in the whole area, I think, is the demo mirror. And if anybody mm -hmm. is, has ever worked with a demo mirror or been in a classroom with a demo mirror, they are wonderful. What is that? Oh, what it is is it allows the art, the, the teacher to uh, uh, to do a demo w with it being reflected in the mirror, so that the oh students can sit in the in the audience mm -hmm. and see. I mean, in most places, if a, if a, a teacher is demoing, everybody's crowded around Correct. and all of that stuff. A demo mirror uh, allows the teacher to just do it there and then the people can see what they're doing. Oh my. And then the other uh, reason, selfishly, of course it's over in the other location so it's harder for me to use, but a demo mirror is one of the best ways to see what's wrong with your piece. I mean you put it under mm. the mirror and you look at it reflected and you know mm. I need a shape, I need a color here. I mean it's, it's a terrific uh, uh, art, art development tool as well. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I, we, so it has a demo mirror, uh, it has a sink, uh, you know, so it has a uh, a rolling stand for models mm -hmm. and, and stuff. So there, it's, they're so it's I, equipped. It's ready. It's equipped, and and that was as a result. That was there before. I mean, I I added chairs and tables and the demo mirror and some of the things that I did, mm -hmm. but uh, but a lot of that was there already. Mm -hmm. But what was what what had happened was the person who was managing that before uh, decided that, that they couldn't do that any longer. And so that left the classroom without somebody mani managing the, there. It could it could have gone by the wayside. Right. And uh, I didn't want to see that happen because I thought it was a real resource for the community. And so I told told Judith, 
I'll take it over for a while, okay. see if I can do it. I mean, again, I'm not trying to make money. I'm just trying to break even and not lose money, yes, yes. but to make it available to the artistic community. Now, funny enough, I was on, I'm on Instagram a lot, <clears throat> and I was on with some of, we were chatting, um, posting under some pictures. There's a new art, the, the um, in downtown Silver Spring, the old police station is being turned into um, artist space mm. and something else I can't remember uh -huh, and uh -huh. they just had an opening oh, and that's so exciting. one of the comments was I hope that there's community teaching space Oh, uh -huh. so I wonder how many people know about the studio being available for rent I don't know I've tried to you know Judith and I try and we, I, uh, we have pictures on a site uh, and stuff the way it uh, works is that it's $300 for a day um, you know, and what that means is, like, somebody somebody has a multi-day workshop. Mm -hmm. They can lock it up. I give them keys. Their people have access, mm -hmm. and uh, and their stuff can stay overnight. Okay. You know, so people don't have to clean up and then come back. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. sort of their classroom for that. that and duration. a day is an eight-hour. What is a day? Term? It's whatever they want to do. Got it. Okay, because because artists and makers is a twenty-four hour yes. facility. Yes. And there there um, and there is a back stairway. Yes. So, so I try. Uh, so that's right. So I try that they they can and loads of parking and loads of parking and so so you know we have people who you know have uh, regular workshops there. And then uh, what is the hourly rate for somebody who's not able to do it for three minute? hours? It's one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Okay, so we block in three-hour intervals. Right, right. And you have use of the space. And you have use of the space. And uh, sorry, you have use of the space plus. Uh, the equipment that's there, right? The sink you can wash your brushes in there, right, and so right, forth. Right. Although we also there is also a janitor sink that is better to use for more heavy duty stuff, paints and things. And things like yeah, yeah. Okay. But there, but there is a uh, there there is a, a regular kitchen sink there with a uh, coffee maker, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and there's also a refrigerator in the closet mm -hmm. so people can stick lunches in there as well. That's very good Good to know, and I hope everybody is listening to that. If you're in the DMV area, um, will the studio, the classroom that's located at Wilkins Avenue is really a stone's throw from the highway. So what, of course, the DMV is beautiful. You can get to anywhere very quickly, and this is one of the locations you can do that. It's right behind, if you will, Rockville Pike just to give you an idea. If anybody knows where G Street Fabrics used to be, um, it's behind there and it's actually where G Street Fabrics is now. So right on that same drag. Right. Kathy, give me some, so artists, right? Many of us are all over the place. And um, you are a wonderful resource because you have this background. Um, some business principles you've used in some of these expansions and ideas. Give us one to two Maybe three sort of business principles, ideas, concepts, just a one-off uh, that you. Well, used. you know this. You know. Uh, well, I don't know about that because mm -hmm. because uh, I probably have um, leapt into these things without doing a business plan, mm -hmm. without doing what the typical thing should okay. be. Okay. Okay. I have okay. to acknowledge that. Yes. Uh, and and my um, personal conviction is that you know is to if I produce something that is is quality, you know whether it's a gallery with quality artists, if it's a classroom with quality, and then I get the word out, 
then, uh, then things are going to happen and, uh, and make it a success. Some so that's mistake. what I try to do. Some yeah. mistakes you've made? Oh, probably not doing as, uh, not as much publicity as I should. Okay. Okay, that's okay. one of the things that I right. usually uh, don't do. Uh, for my own personal art, I'm terrible at getting myself out in front of and do, you know, doing all these submissions that you seem to have to do in order mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. get into all of these shows mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and everything. I do a few of those. I, I had a solo show at Brookside Gardens in January. I love Brookside Gardens. Uh, yeah, wonderful venue. And so I do do some of those, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I could do a lot more. Uh, I was in the um, BWS Mid-Atlantic uh, Summer Show last year. And, and, I, and I entered that at the urging of my artist friends. They said, Kathy, you should get your stuff in here. Mm -hmm. And so I did, and I was accepted. It's a very, uh, it was a, it's, it's a very prestigious show. Yeah. So I need to do more of that yeah. and more publicity on my art. I, yeah. I, I uh, end up getting myself uh, involved with various travel trips, doing things like the classroom and the gallery, yeah. which obviously takes up a lot of time and sure. energy. And, you know, and I probably should, you know, I, I could devote that activity time to yeah. building up my own art and my own art career. One thing I do see in uh, Kathy's studio here at Parklawn are a lot of items that are reflective of the work, of her work. Now, what do I mean by that? So I see pillows, I see scarves with images of your artwork. Right. So that's another business arm. Tell us a well, little bit about well, that. Well, it what just seems that? to make sense to leverage your images. I got involved in this with, uh, with cards because at the gallery in Wheaton, that was one of the top sellers were okay. cards. Mm -hmm. We happened to be next to the Hallmark card store. I don't know if that helped, but, mm -hmm. but people came in and they bought a lot of cards. They bought prints. Um, and, uh, and, and so I started doing um, cards because, people, because they did sell, and mm -hmm. they were not that hard to do and, mm -hmm. and all of that. Uh, then um, as I looked at, and then I built my website. My website has been up since 2007. When mm -hmm. I did my first solo show, which was at the Yellow Barn, um, you know, I was reading on, well, what do you do when you're trying to make yourself a real artist? And they said, well, do a website. And right. so, so I put up, got a website. Hired somebody to put up a, a, a website, and so I had that. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, from there, just sort of added on. Mm -hmm. But as I, what's happened since then, since 2007, is that there are all these marvelous opportunities for artists to, to, to use their images. Yes. I mean, all of these digital products, it's just totally phenomenal. And I explored around, um, I realized I needed to, um, to find a venue to produce my cards. Uh, and so I started looking around for what would be good venues to do the, to do the cards. And I chose Fine Art America. And they do the cards, they do prints, um, and, and all of that. And they have a whole suite of things that if your image is good enough, they will produce for you. Okay. So uh, it just you know so once you upload the things for the cards and then and when you look at the image online it very conveniently over to the right shows exactly what they could produce for you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's the cards it's the pillows it's the phone yes. cases it's the tote bags right. it's all of this stuff and uh, and so I looked at that and I said well gee that image sure looks nice as a pillow. Mm -hmm. Or it looks nice as a tote bag. Well, they didn't used to do tote bags. That's the other nice thing about this website. Is they keep adding stuff. They didn't right. used to do coffee mugs. Now they do coffee mugs. Right. So anyway, so so uh, so you upload your images, 
And that's and 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 really the images. I have everything. Any finished painting that I have, I have it professionally photographed. Very I used, important. Yeah, I used to try and do it myself. I went to all of these classes about how to photograph your artwork. They say, oh, take it in the shade, take it in the sun. I mean, you know, I did all of these things, okay. and, and I could get something that was reasonably proximate. It was good enough for my website. But when I started trying to uh, look at producing digital products using my images, they weren't good enough. I mean, basically, you know, I could produce a very small card on Fine Art America. They wouldn't produce anything else because they guarantee their results. If you don't yes. like the, the, the resulting whatever you've ordered, you know, you can return it. So, so at that point then, uh, I said, okay, well, I have to get my whole portfolio mm -hmm. photo taken. And so I went around to people that had bought my paintings, and I said, can I borrow them back, mm -hmm. <laughs> and all of this stuff. And, uh, and we did just a huge photo shoot. I brought everything into the location. I did everything that I still had on hand, anything that I could get my hands on. A lot of the, the pieces are out of the area. Uh, but I, anything that I could get locally, uh, and I brought them in, he took all that, and then I uploaded it all. And, uh, and then, you know, based upon the particular image, they look at how many pixels they have and sure. the dimension, and they say, okay, you can do a, you know, 20 by 40 print of this, and another one might be less. Mm -hmm. You know, it depends on the shape and all of that. Uh, but anyway, that's how it, it, it happened, is that I just saw it. And, and I produced a couple. I mean, you know, anytime you're, you're going to do something like this, I produced a couple just to see what the quality of course, was. Of course, Because you don't, you know, if I'm of putting course. it up there and telling people, oh yeah, go shop on this site yeah. and, and order, you know, whatever, it might look good online, but yeah. it might, but the quality might not be mm -hmm. there. So I ordered a few of these, and the print quality on the pillows is outstanding. You can order them stuffed or unstuffed. They have zippers, they can be washed, dry cleaned. Same thing with the tote bags. Wonderful. Uh, so that's how I ordered these, and then and then I would put them out at the at these open studios or open weekends, and they said, "Oh wow, I love this!" And you know, of course, so I have a few there for people to see what the examples are, mm -hmm. and if people want to uh, want me to order them for them, I will, or they can order themselves online. Wonderful. And, uh, and order. So anyway, I I guess that's that's the thing about my experience on this whole thing is that. I started, I sort of followed my instincts and mm -hmm. my intuition. If it seemed like a good thing to do, something that I wanted to learn or something to do here or there, I just followed that. And it, hasn't, it hasn't been charted by any means. I've just yeah. kind of followed my gut instinct and tried to have fun and, uh, and try and be a good partner to the artistic community and my friends. This has been a wonderful opportunity. I'm gonna, we're getting ready to close. Um, this has been a really good interview. Uh, for me, I've learned so much about you, <laughs> Kathy, and about your progress process. Excuse me. I'm going to ask you just very shortly to say something about being in an artist space. This series that we're doing called The Voices of A&M is to share with the audience what it's like to be in a studio and work in proximity to other artists. So in closing, mm -hmm. can you just tell us how that experience has been or any thoughts you want to share about studio work? Well, I just, I just love it. Mm -hmm. I just love it. I mean, it's um, now. Do I am I always? Um, uh, I'm probably a private art producer. You know, I don't feel like, uh, real comfy doing a lot of demos because mm -hmm. because personally, I never know when it's going to work or not. Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm not a big demo person. 
Um, and when I'm painting in the studio, I sort of like to sort of, okay, let me see, you know, get it and get it to a point before, you know, I want to put it up by the door and let everybody mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. so, I, so I'm more private that way. But at the same time, I mean, I love having the studio because I can have all my materials here. I can spread out. If I've got something that's in process, then it's there. And then uh, if I have something I want to follow up with somebody on, what do you think of this? What do you think of this idea? Or somebody will ask me, what do you think of this? And mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So it's a lot of sort of give and take and learning from one another. And we, you know, we share info about, well, how, you know, how do you frame this? You know, what kind of material is that? Especially in this day and age with so many of the artist materials changing. Yes. You know, how do you varnish your material? What do you use to varnish? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a, you know, a big deal. Yeah. Uh, because you want to produce art that is going to last a long time that mm -hmm. is archival, you know, for your buyers. And environmentally friendly exactly, as well. Exactly, exactly. And so uh, all of that we learn from one another because all of us are out there looking in, yes. and looking at this. Uh, either in classes or just doing our own investigations. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, information and knowledge sharing that can occur. Uh, you know, you just have to be Wonderful. out there and working with it. Wonderful. And then, and then it's such a supportive atmosphere. Everybody Wonderful. is so supportive. And uh, I don't know, maybe there are artists out there uh, that have a lot of uh, self-confidence and mm -hmm. but. I don't find that to be the case with me. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I know when the piece is good, I have that enough of a confidence. But okay. when you're in the process, you know, it's not always, oh, wow, this is going great or mm -hmm. all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And you end up having uh, self-doubts self and wondering about this and that. And uh, it's, it's helpful to be in a supportive atmosphere. And then, you know, you go from there. You know, I think Wonderful. we all need to be supportive. Wonderful. And, uh, and that helps us all. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Kathy, for this time. Um, everybody, I want to refer you to Kathy's website, which is Hirsch Studio, H-I-R-S-H-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Obviously, it's www.hirschstudio. Kathy, thank you so much yeah, well, for the interview. Thank you for the visit. You're welcome. <laughs> it's been really good. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this Um podcast and let me know your comments. Thank you. This is Bahia from On the Purple Couch.